people. Sip of the coffee and where are we to go? The podcast, we're back. Back, what a day. What a day for the races, huh? For the masses is what I meant to say, huh? But the words are already coming out. We just started. Number 102, October 10, 2018. Who cares? Saying dates like they matter. They don't matter. Jeez, we're almost halfway through October. That's mental. Feels like only yesterday I was paying rent. Feels like only yesterday I was sucking off some titties and some penises to pay rent, huh? 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 Imagine if you met someone that you loved and then you realize they say something like, huh? <laughs> that would be some balls. Welcome to the podcast with me, Marquez. Huh? <laughs> Or if you are making sweet love to a woman, you met this woman. Jesus, she's beautiful. Jesus, she was a 10. And she's funny. And she's sound. And she's kind. And um, she's talented. And she likes to read books. And she's got nice style. I just try and think of uh, my dream stuff, dream stuff, my my practical stuff, and she had a lovely sex drive, <laughs> and she wasn't a limp fish in bed. You'd forget like how important sex is during relationships. You'd be like, ah, oh, that's she's unreal. And then you'd be like, ah, oh, the sex is okay. Ah, sure, she's unreal. And then you're like, ah, oh, but the sex is okay. Ah, uh, sure, she's unreal, but the sex is just okay. Ah, uh, sure. But anyway, if she wasn't, if she was unreal at sex, too, she was like, it was the dream. But then when she was coming, <laughs> having an orgasm, she'd be like, huh? <laughs> huh? 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 You'd be like, oh, God, what? You're like, huh? 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 Oh, that was her laugh, too. That was her orgasm and her laugh. She was like, ha, ha, ha. Oh, there'll be some balls. Some balls, huh? You met the woman of your dreams there, lads. You thought you were sailing. You thought you were on the smooth boat. You thought, you thought you were hitting the high life. You moved all the way to LA. You left your family behind back in Ireland. You left them all behind. And they're like, I'm going to follow in my dreams. Follow me dreams. That's why I'm saying dreams from now on. What are you up to? Following me dreams. It's a good way to make people stop talking to you. I realize, too, there must be people in L.A. who purposely have bad breath. Because, Jesus, why does everyone have bad breath? Come on, people. Sort out your mouths, your stomachs, your fucking tongues, whatever it is, whatever you're eating. Sort it out. Buy mints constantly. Altoids. I always have a pack, pack of Altoids in the pocket. I'll be minty as fuck. I'll make your eyes water. I'm so minty. Oh, I'm a minty bitch, baby. I'm the mintiest bitch in town. <laughs> Your face will glaze over with icy freshness. But anyway, you came to America. You followed your dreams. <laughs> and now your parents are, your whole family's at home. And you're like, are you ever, ever going to find a wife for yourself? You ever going to, hey, Marky boy. Apparently my parents in this scenario speak like they're in a little house in the prairie. Hey, Marky boy, you ever going to find yourself a little little girl to settle down with? You'd be like, ah, oh, I think I found the girl of my dreams. And then they'll be like, ah, that's great. And then you realize that she laughs like, ha, ha, ha. And then you realize that she has an orgasm. Like, ha, ha, ha. 
and then you stop having sex and you hear her sometimes in the bathroom late at night when she thinks you're asleep she's actually gone in there to masturbate and she'll be in the bathroom like it's muffled through the wall but you were like why you should be having sex with me and you're like but you, you look at me weird when I orgasm and you will say well you sound like a fucking pigeon dying when you make that noise and then you realize that you're not compatible after all then you'll say, okay, we have everything else. Do we really need sex? And then you'll say for a while, no, we'll be good, we'll be good. We'll be dancing. Then you realize, oh, I'm having sex with my bed. My hands, I've blisters on my hands for masturbating. Oh, I missed the days when I used to masturbate for fun. Remember those good old days? You just, you just have a little wank for fun, a fun wank. Oh, fun masturbation. Fun masturbation. Those were the days. Ah, there's a lot of people reminiscing now as I talk about fun masturbation. Remember the days you just you just be having fun. You'd say, come on, lads. Let's all have a little wank just for fun. Just for a little laugh. Sure, what else we be doing? Sure, we got to keep warm. It's cold here in Ireland. You'd be shivering. Shivering. Let's have a little wank. Warm ourselves up. It's not gay. It's just economical. <laughs> The economical wank. That's all this is. We're not. It's not weird, lads. It's just economical. I'd say if you said that to anyone about anything, they'd be like, "Ah, you know, he's got a good point. The economical wank makes makes nice sense." I can see now where he's coming from. I thought he was weird at first, but if it's for the economy. If it's saving money, count me in. I'm an Irishman. I like to save money. I'll have an economical wank just for fun, just to keep yourself warm. Those were the days I'm reminiscing. Just me? Just me. I I sense it already. I sense that there's listeners there. They're finding new stations on the radio to tune in. They're doing the old... Next up, we got sports. Next up, we got politics. Welcome to the weather. Psh, psh, psh. And I've had the time psh, 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 of my life. Psh, psh, psh. And I never. Psh, 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 psh. It's Whitney Houston Day on all the radio stations in Ireland. Welcome, Whitney. But if you're still listening, dear listener. Oh, dear listener. Oh, dear listener, where would we be without you? Dear listener, your ears, those fine things in your head. It's weird if you didn't have ears, you wouldn't be able to hear me. Now, that's a thought, huh? There's a great thought as the coffee kicks in and we go off on a tangent. If you didn't have ears, you'd just hear them off. I wonder why we... Yeah, if you put your hands up to your ears, put your fingers up to your ears there now for a minute and I'll start saying stuff and all you hear is... No ears. Ears, you know, they're vital. They're like the nose, the eyes, and the mouth. You wouldn't think about it, but they're all necessary. They're all a necessary evil. I was about to say necessary eagle. They're all a necessary eagle. <laughs> oh, I hope someone someday I can catch someone up being like, ah, it's a necessary eagle. It's just a necessary eagle. And they're like, ah, yeah, it is a necessary eagle. I bet you I can catch my buddy Mike with that. He doesn't know words a lot of the time, so I'm going to try and convince him that it's a necessary eagle. Can I do a tune-in, dear listener? We'll find out the next time. Drinking coffee in the water. You know as it goes, you'll be chugging him back. Anyway, you know, it's a sad day when you find out the woman in your dreams laughs like, huh, huh, huh. That's our orgasm. <laughs> You're like, ah, can I overlook that? We have so much. <clears throat> How much time do I have left on this earth? Do I have time for another one? Is there more? <laughs> I'd say it like you know when you're in your twenties. You know, you're in your twenties. I I can't remember. Because um, because I wasn't being fully aware. Uh, but I'd say if you're like finding love in your 20s, you're like, whoever catches me heart. Whoever catches me heart, that's who I'll give it to. 
Sure, love comes and goes, and we don't care. That's my brain in my 20s. Love comes and goes, and we don't care. Let's fall in love with whoever is there. And you're like, ah, oh, I just fell in love. Oh, it's over now. Oh, I fell in love again. Oh, it's over now. Who cares? Because we're in our 20s. And the love will never end. But then you get to your 30s and you're like, okay, now let's be sensible about this. Do I want to fall in love with this person? Am I going to make a bad mistake? Do Should I commit here? Should I commit? Because if I commit now... And I'd say the later you get in your thirties, if you were like almost forty, you'd be like, "Well, I well, this is this, this is this." My friends won't talk to me anymore if I if I if I ruined this relationship. It must be worse for women, maybe, because they got the old biological clocks tick 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 tocking away. So they're like, "Oh, I gotta get married and have kids." Maybe subconsciously, so they're like, "Oh, Jesus, do I love Joe? Do I love Joe? No." Okay, can I convince myself that I can pretend to love Joe if anyone asks? Hmm, we don't know. We don't know if we like Joe that much. We thought Joe was a nice guy, but Joe's boring. Joe's boring as fuck. I don't like Joe. We've tried to fix him in many ways. And as you know, it hasn't worked out, but we're in this. It's been four years. I have a feeling he's going to propose. Do I say yes or do I say no? If I say no, I start again from scratch. Oh, shit. Is this love or is this convenience? I think it's convenience. Do I really want to start from the start all over again? Forties and single in your forties. Oh, you're hitting kind of weirdo town. Unless you're separated or divorced. If you haven't been married up to your 40s and you're still single, are you perceived to be weird? I know men can get away with it much more because that's the society, people. Men, we get away with everything. That's how it works, apparently. If you're a white male, especially, fuck it, you'll get away with it all eventually. Women, though, I'd say, are like, oh, unless, they're, unless they publicly like tell people, I don't want to have kids. Deal with it, motherfuckers. You'd almost have to be successful for people to be like, oh, that's okay. She's okay. She's not weird. She's successful. She's working on herself in the business. But if you're a dude, you can get away till about 50. But if you're a woman, not so much. That's why the 30s are key. There's a lot more strategic. It's a strategy in your 30s. In your 20s, I think it's just love hits me. 30s is like, do I want to pretend to fall in love with this person? Is it worth the effort? Probably not, but you know, time's running out. And we're all going to die. I was thinking the other day, long-distance relationships are fucking ideal. They're ideal, dear listener. They're ideal, you shower of pricks. They're ideal if you like being alone. If you can handle being alone, long distance all the way. Because <coughs> you have all that time to yourself. All We have all the time in the world. You can do whatever you want. It's even better if the long distance girl is very good looking because then it's just the pictures <laughs> just, plus you can show off you can be like oh that's the thing so you got the whole time to yourself long distance far away the further the long distance the better LA to New York that's a good distance there's no weekend pops Nice distance, you can trust her, she can trust you, but you both like being alone. But then on the off chance, if you were to die, you'd be on your last few breaths, and you'd think to yourself, well, at least I didn't die a single fucking loser. <laughs> well, at least I had someone, huh? 
I had her over in over the other side of the country, and the ambulance is like, "Stop talking, you're gonna die. Save your breath." And you're like, "Nah, I just want you to know I'm not a loser. Okay, I wasn't one of those single losers that died, single and alone. That's not me. I'm in a relationship." And they'll be like, "Where is she? We'll phone her to come quickly." And you're like, "No, it's a long distance relationship, guys." <laughs> That's hilarious, though. It's a long distance relationship, everyone. I'm in a long distance relationship. You could just fucking lie too. I remember in school they used to have like, they used to have these magazines where they were like, back in school in Ireland, they'd be like, "Do you want a pen pal?" And I remember they used to like tick off. I can't, uh, alright, this is what I remember, I can't remember fully, but I remember you'd like, you'd tick off what you like about someone, and then you'd see a picture of a girl, you'd be like, yeah, I like her, and then they'd be like, oh, she happens to match with all the things you like, and they'll be like, you just gotta pay eight pounds, eight euro per month, and she'll be your pen pal, this girl in France who wants to speak English, and I remember being like, ah, sign me up. Sign me up for this, for this, I'm going to have a, what, she's going to be like my French girlfriend, huh? And then you're like, ah, they're just making up people. (laughs) They're just making up people. You send a letter and it just goes to some fucking weird address and then they send you back a, oh, great to read your letter, Mark, it's me, Amelia. I'm over here in Paris, just thinking about, Soccer and Everton. I support Everton too. I saw that you ticked off that in the sheet, the questionnaire we did. We both support Everton. That's convenient. Um, and we're you like to listen to Atlantic Two Five Two? I like that pirate radio station as well. And you love cereal? Well, look at your lucky day. Your your French girlfriend loves cereal too. Well, we're a match made in heaven. Make sure you write me more letters, huh? Write me more letters and keep sending seven ninety nine every month. You'll get two letters back from your French girlfriend. And then if anyone in Ireland was to be like, do you have any girlfriend, Mark? Do you have any girlfriend? You could be like, yeah, I got a French girlfriend, fucker. <laughs> yeah, Father Seamus, in your face, fuckhead. I got a French girlfriend, Amelia. When we grow up, we're going to make love. You'll be like, oh, that's great. Huh? What do you talk about? Soccer. Atlantic 252. The Dutch Eurodance band 2 Unlimited. <laughs> Joe Blogs Jeans. Scooter. <laughs> we both love Scooter too. We talk about all the stuff that I like. It's very convenient, Father Seamus. We like to say things. It, how did you meet her, Mark? How did you meet this lovely French girlfriend? I met her through a magazine, Father Shevis. <laughs> I signed up through a magazine and I put down what I like. And they matched me with a girl who, in France, who I also said, she looks attractive. And the first girl I said, she looks attractive. She happened to like all the same things as me, Father Seamus. Would you believe that? Would you believe that's how love works, Father Seamus? You know, a lot of people are out there and they're saying, you can't find love these days. It's love is tough to find. It's not, Father Seamus. It's in a magazine. I found it. She's my long-distance girlfriend. And then you just get the confidence of being in a relationship. When you're first in a relationship, you do, as a guy... As a girl, I can't speak as much because I'm not a girl. But as a guy, I know when you're in a relationship that you want to be in. Because <laughs> if you get suckered into a relationship, which I imagine happens, you're like, ah, oh, what? how did this fucking happen? How do I get out of this? That's not good. But if you want to be in a relationship and you're in the relationship and you're both like dancing, oh, you're a confident fucker. Oh, you're like... Oh, ladies, get away from me. I'm in a relationship. I'm in. I'm off bounds, ladies. I'm no longer thinking about sex. Sex, sex, sex. It's no longer because I'm having sex with my new girlfriend. 
my new human girlfriend, having a lot of sex. And then you, uh, when you take that out of your initial approach to women, you start talking to women about things other than sex. You no longer say, hey, how are you? And they'll say, fine, fine, just having, doing some work. What about yourself? You'd be like, ah, I just got home. You know, I'm about to get naked. Are you naked? <laughs> Guys are brutal for that. We'll get it to, what's the naked situation in under two or three messages, two or three lines of text. But then, because you have a girlfriend, you're no longer like that. Now you're like, so what's up? And they'll tell you what's up, and you'll be like, ah, oh, that's interesting, what else is up? And they'll tell you what else is up, and you'll be like, ah, oh, this is what I think about that. And you'll be like, ah, oh, she's cool. And then she'll be like, ah, oh, you're cool. And you'll be like, ah, oh, yeah, but sorry to break the bad news. I've got a girlfriend. <laughs> and your confidence is through the roof. And then the women will see your confidence and they'll be like, oh, he's a confident man. Why are all the good men taken? You'll be like, you didn't say that last week when I was single. Single and horny and a fucking idiot. But then, here's what you do. If you want that confidence, but you don't want to be in a relationship day to day, how's your day? Not bad. We texted all day, but let's recap. Yes, let's take an hour to recap about how Tim at work wasn't being helpful, even though you asked him to be helpful. And Karen, Karen was still a bitch. Karen was a bitch yesterday. She was a bitch today before. And she's going to be a bitch for the rest of the week. That's just Karen. Someone stole your grapes from the work fridge. You've told me all this in text, but yes, let's let's recap it in person. I can't wait. Should we have sex? No, too tired for sex. The initial burst of sex is gone. We're now in the lulls. We're now in the let's plan to have sex on Friday, maybe. Put that in your calendar. It's Sunday night now. Let's make a weekly sex plan because that's what relationships turn into. You're slowly but surely stop having sex. <laughs> You stop having sex and you start fantasizing about gardening. <laughs> You're like, I should really tend to a garden. I want to be on my knees for some reason. It's no longer sex or fulfilling her sexually. Let's be on my knees in the garden, tending to different bushes, planting new tomato patches. <clears throat> Maybe I'll take off golf. Maybe I'll go on golfing weekends with the lads. <coughs> and that's what your life turns into. Unless you have a long distance relationship. And then it's always on the nice up. Because you're taking it extra slow. Because you only see each other every f- every few often. Every few often. Until eventually you're like, alright, what the fuck's the story here? And you're like, I don't know. And it's like, I. And then you ghost each other. And that's the end of your long distance relationship. Then it's over. Then you're just ghosting. Then you're then you're 44. And you're single. And you're out there and you're like, ah, oh, how's your work week? Lovely. I, I get on great with Tim now. Oh, yeah, so naked. <laughs> and then the, the women who once said, ah, oh, he's nice. are like, ah, oh, he's just like the rest of them. He's just as bad. Has the rest of them. And then you hope, for dear God, that a woman you like will settle and give up. And she'll be like, all right, he'll do. All right, he's good enough, I suppose. He'll have to be it. And that's how life, that's how life goes, I think, people. And then you die. Then you die and you're out the door and you're like, what? No, regret. It's funny, like, life would just be passing, tipping away, tipping away, or going through every, gotta get rent sorted, gotta get rent sorted, gotta get my head above water, gotta keep my head above water, oh, I gotta get to the next level, gotta get a promotion, oh, I'm able to buy a new jumper, oh, this is nice, living a comfortable life, oh, let's get a new pair of shoes. Life passing you by, and then one day, people, you wake up and you realize, where's my favorite spoon? 
and your brain be like, what are you all about? And you realize that you now have a favorite spoon out of your cutlery in your kitchen. You have one spoon that you've had for years and you like using that spoon. And you'll go hunt it in the, in the, in the spoon section of the cutlery. You'll say, wait, is that? Yeah, that's the spoon. There's the, even though it's just like the other spoons, it's slightly different. It's got a nicer feel. It's got a nicer touch. Love a spoon with a good touch. Nice touching spoon. And you'll be like, ah, I actually got a favorite mug too. Where's my favorite mug? And you'll get upset when other people use your mug. But you can't tell them because that's psychotic. They'll be like, but there's 20 other mugs in the cabinet. And you'll be like, but that's my mug. (laughs) That's the mug. I I use that mug when I'm writing. I've used that mug for years. And they'll be like, just use another mug. I just happen to be using this mug. And you'll be like, but that's my my mug. I bought that mug. And you'll be like, yeah, but we live in a house where we share everything. Yeah, but it's my mug. Why don't you use a different fucking mug? And then you start hiding that mug in different sections around your kitchen. You hide it where the, the blender is. You put it behind the blender. Just so no one else will use your mug or your spoon and your favorite bowl. Because that's another thing. And you got a favorite glass. All of these things are true for me. Favorite glass. You can hear a favorite mug. Favorite spoon. It's out there in the kitchen. I know exactly where it is. I have it hidden. And that's, you're like, what kind of life am I leading, huh? What kind of, how do we end up here? We only went chasing dreams. We only moved across. We moved from Cork to LA to chase a dream. And now we're over in LA. And what can we say is different? I have a favorite spoon now. Oh, I've been making it. It's funny when you like just move. If you move to LA from anywhere, people will be like, ah, oh, he's out there living a the life. He's make. You could be living in squalor. You could be living in a shoebox. Oh, he's out there. He's a fuck. He's sure he's fa- he's famous now, sure. Sure, he's probably oh, he's probably too fucking famous. He's too rich and famous now for us. And you'll be like, I live in a shoebox. I have one spoon. I have a cup. I have one bowl. I can't sleep at night because it's raining sometimes and it's loud and there's drug addicts. This is not me being famous. People at home be like, ah, sure, he's out there. And then you'll be like, I regret it. I regret leaving the comfort of home every day. I went to chase my dreams. I thought I had potential. I thought I'd promise. I thought I was talented. For no reason except for my brain lied to me. I think, though, when when you're growing up, people are like, what are you going to be when you're older? What's your dream job? What's your dream job? Even all the way up before college, what's your dream job? No, but if you could pick anything, you'd be like, I'm going to be a soccer player. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a singer. I want to be an actor. They'd be like, you can do it. Then you get to the end of school and they'll be like, you should be an actuary. Go in try and be an accountant. You'll be like, what? You'd be like, yeah, you, you said when I was young, you'd be like, you can do anything. And you'd be like, yeah. We also said Santa's real and the tooth fairy's real and it was all a lie. We were just delaying disappointment in your life. And you're like, what? No. And then some of us, we remain optimistic. We remain kids. We're like, we can do it. I'm going to prove them all wrong. And then you move to LA and you're like, oh, fuck. No. I shouldn't have. they'll be like why are you moving to LA and you're like to follow my dreams I'm gonna be a comedy star superstar and they'll be like we didn't know this you'll be like well you do now you do now make something up do what you please with that and they'll be like alright best of luck and they're going this fucking idiot and then you move to LA I realize if you move to LA to chase your dreams it's like do you ever get white new white runners new white I bought these new white Nike. Oh, they're so stressful. I hate wearing them. I love the shoe. Hate wearing them. Every time I wear them out at night, they just get filthy. Filthy. Within two seconds, you take them out. People are stepping all over them, trodding on them, ruining them. Shitting all over it. 
just really, really disrespectful. Really breaks my heart. And that's what it's like chasing your dreams. You take it out of the box. You say, I'm going to go. Here it is, world. What are you going to do? And they shit all over your dreams. And they're filthy as fuck. And you're like, what? What? Now I got to suck some titties and suck some dicks to get pay rent. This isn't part of me dream. And then your dream, you, you get a, a role. You get a commercial for Denny's. And you're like, if I book this commercial, I'll have made it. And you book the commercial. And then you realize that it, you, your scene got cut. And then you realize, oh Christ, I've been chasing the wrong dream my whole life. Well, my whole adult life. But I gave it all up. I'm now broke. I live in a studio with four other men <coughs> in LA. And um, I've fucked up. I've fucked up my life. And um, I was out there chasing me dreams. And you know what? I picked the wrong dream because I'm not good at what I've chose. But, you know, I'm committed. That's what I think a lot of people in LA are. They're committed. They're stubborn. They're committed to a bit. You'll be like, is this a joke? Is my life a joke? I was only doing it kind of as a joke, but now it's serious. And I'm not making any progress. In fact, you could say I'm going backwards. I'm getting worse. But then you suppose you'll be like, ah, sure, at least I went for it. At least I, there's no regrets, huh? You're getting a hand job underneath a tunnel. <laughs> there's no regrets here. You give them two hand jobs for $15 a piece. No regrets whatsoever. Huh? I went to chase my dreams. I wonder. That's why I don't get, like, McGregor was fighting him in Habib at the weekend. Irish people hate McGregor. I know he's, like, brash and, like, loud mouth, but he's selling a fight. He's also, like, went for his dreams and made more and got more successful than almost anyone in Ireland. And then people are like, ah, oh, he's, a, he's a cunt, he's a cocky fucker, he's a thug and all this stuff. And you're like, well, oh, he's... Ah, uh, uh, stop. Stop. I think it's like... I'm talking to my buddy, too. I realize that anyone that's left Ireland and is, like, doing what they like to do usually likes McGregor. Because they, they're like, go on, you can do it. If you can do it, I can do it. But then people at home will be like, ah, you prick. You're out there living your dream and I'm stuck here working in a bank. I wish I went for it. What is it? I was talking to my buddy who's an actor. I was like, why do people hate him? He was like, oh, I think it's an inferiority complex. I was like, ah, that's it. There we go. I like when people can articulate what I'm thinking. That turns me on. My buddy turned me on at that point. Got another buddy, Chris Good with Words. He can always do it. I'd be like, what is it when this is? And he'd be like, oh, that's that, that. He'd be like, there we go. Got this girl, Amy. She knows how to. She'd be like, oh, that's called this, this. He'd be like, oh, there we go. Boom. So that's what I had at the weekend. And I figured out why people hate McGregor. It's jealousy. Which is obvious, but it's odd. Like when it's Irish people, especially, you're like, "Oh, he's he's an embarrassment." It's like it's not. He's selling a fight. He's a fighter. He's not a politician. He's not a, a women's right activist. Women's rights. He's a fighter. He's a showman. It's the Conor McGregor show, which is I don't get either. No one really cares as much if it's just you and Khabib and someone else. McGregor sells it, sells it. Anyway, chasing the dream. Not me, I'm under the tunnel. I don't know why I'm in a flying mood today as well. I spent like five hours at the DMV. And the DMV is brutal. But it's also like, it's brutal. But it's also, you know what you're getting. It's not like, oh, I hope this date goes well. And then it's a five-hour bad date. It's the DMV. You know what you're getting? It says it right there in the tin. Dicks make vaping. And it was even, I don't like the DMV, especially with like people getting deported all the time. And you're like, oh, this could be a deportation central. 
um, that's the America now, that's the America you're in. You could be like, where's your license? You'd be like, I, I lost it, that's why I'm here. Get them, boys. And then they take you down and then they wrestle you and then you have to leave the country. You never know, it sounds dumb. I saw it like in some place in Ohio, some dude, Argentinian dude lost his wallet and like that ice crowd um, pretended to be like good Samaritans and the guy was in the process of like applying for his green card like myself and um, oh he lost his wallet and they phoned him these good Samaritans would be like hey buddy we found your wallet and he went there and it was ice and they deported him and he had to go back to Argentina and you're like Jesus how snaky are you why are you so snaky man that's snaky but anyway I went to the DMV I even uh, I almost left I went there and they were like oh you're missing one farm and I had to go home and I was like I don't think I'm missing the farm don't think I need this thing that's in my passport and I went home I almost didn't go back but I said no I need my IDs and I went back, and then the other woman was there, and she was like, oh, yeah, you don't need that farm. And I was like, I know, I know, I know. That took me an extra hour because I had to eat something because I almost went spare. And traffic was bad. But I knew I didn't need it. And then I lied, too. I was like, oh, I got an appointment. Because before, like, you show up to the DMV here, in LA and it's going to take the whole day but then they started doing this online uh, appointment booker and you could get it like within a week you used to be able to get an appointment and now it's like three months away is the earliest appointment you're like what what's going on here people what's the point is everyone copped on no um, so I went there and I sat around and I brought a book and I read and I it wasn't too bad not too bad at all. I actually thought it'd be way worse but look at me I'm dancing this podcast has been amazing unreal incredible thank you thank you dear listener even though as well I'm doing like sober October I'm calling it soberish Octoberish because I'm not I'm just not boozing all the time or just I'm only boozing if something pops up. I'm going to try and not booze as much as I can. But if something pops up, I won't be like, no, it's sober October. It's soberish Octoberish. But I realize soberish Octoberish has opened my eyes, people. It's made me realize that I shouldn't quit boozing. I'm a mean sober. Some people are a mean drunk. I'm a great drunk. I'm a fun drunk. Fun boozer. Um... But I'm a mean sober. I'm agitated. I'm like, come on. Usually I'm either boozing, don't care. Like, whatever, man. I'm here for a good time. I'm a good boozer. Or else I'm kind of hungover and I'm like, whatever, man. I don't care. I'm kind of hungover. I'm dealing dealing with my own issues. So whatever, man. Do what you need to do. People think I'm laid back. It's just that I'm either on the way boozing or hungover and chilling out but now i'm sober and i'm like what the what this is how life works i hate the way now i'm sober no i'm not just boozing um mean sober should be boozing should be out there having an old booze i realize too that like sober me is like the worried wife for drunk me. I'm trying to figure out how to word this, but like drunk me would go out and have fun and get drunk and oh one of the boys out with the lads. Then he wakes up and then sober me is like the worried wife. Saying, What did you do last night? Where were you? Where the fuck were you? Where were you till four AM? I was worried sick. I was worried sick. Look at you. Get up. We were meant to go to brunch. You said you'd have an early morning with me. You said you'd spend Sunday. We'd go to the flea market. You told me you'd go to the flea market. And drunk me is like, ah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, wife. I'm just the irresponsible husband. 
still getting the money paid and we're paying rent and everything's grand. But you know, I was out there and, and it's sober me. I'll be like, I'm just, I love you as your wife, but I can't take a bunch more. What are you doing? You're breaking up the marriage. He'd be like, I'm sorry. And sober, sober wife, sober me, the wife would be like, did you piss the bed? Did you piss the bed again? Oh God, you shat the bed. Don't tell me you shat the bed. And I'd be like, ha baby. And then sober me would be like, did you, did you have sex with the bed? How could you? And then drunk me would be like, I'm sorry, I just passed out and I woke up horny and had sex with the bed. You you know the man you married. You know the man you married. Um. Now the wife's gone. Or the the wife is having the time of her life. The the drunk me has gone away for the month. Oh, but the reason I went to the DMV. Here's a dumb story, and then we'll finish up. Oh. Actually, while I'm talking about booze, I did like a. I've been doing these rehab shows with a buddy and they're all around LA they're like over in the valley Silver Lake or whatever sometimes they're really good other times they're not good at all there's like a few people they're like it's 11 in the morning we're in a living room in a in a rehab house but like last week we were in this halfway house or something and like everyone was amped up and it was the best time ever just a really busy happy crowd but then yesterday to go to Newport the house is unreal, right in the beach. It must have been like a six million dollar house. That's what we estimated. My stupid friend Craig said twelve million, but I said, Craig, don't be stupid. And we think it's more like six million. Like he walks out onto the beach. Oh, it's savage. I don't know how anyone could live down there though. You'd just be like getting drunk or doing drugs or surf surfing. Surfboarding. Is that what they call it? You just be surfboarding the whole time. Hey guys, you wanna go surfboarding? I don't know, yeah, living by the beach, you'd have to be retired. If you were a child growing up there, how are you meant to be motivated? You'd be like, I'm just going to live here forever. Sorry, parents, I'm never moving out. Just going to get a tan, some skin cancer, and live here for life. You you raised me wrong. But we did a show down there, and sometimes in rehab, like some guys will tell you why they're in there. I swear to God, a lot of times when people tell me, especially people tell me they're in L.A., or in AA in LA, and they'll be like, oh, did something happen? And they'll tell me the reason why they had to quit drink, and I'm like, that's it? That's all. Sure, I did that last Sunday. So that's not. You just walk it off. One time I was furious. This guy told me he was an alcoholic. I was like, oh, what happened? He said, oh, I got sick in the bush after drinking. I was like, that's it. It's like, it's all fun and games. So you get sick in the bush. You'd be like, oh, Christ, I can't talk to you. can never talk to you now again. Um, so, yeah, it's weird. Different cultures, huh? Different cultures. That's what we saw when McGregor fought Khabib. The Irish culture and the Russian culture and the boozing. Did you see the video? If you haven't seen the video, check it out on YouTube of your man Khabib wrestling a bear. When he's nine, he's actually wrestling a bear. It's hilarious. The bear's trying to bite his head. You're like, of course this guy's a good wrestler. He's been doing it since he's nine. He's been chasing the right dream all along. Me, I've been chasing tails. Also, like Friday. Oh, I had a great night Friday. I had my show at the Laugh Factory. It was buckets of fun. Buckets of fun. If you're in LA, come to a show every Friday at the Laugh Factory. But some point during the show, I had my watch on. And my, I remember like, when I, before I went out, I was like, oh, the clasp on my watch is weird. I should get it fixed. That's what I said to my brain. Or that's what my sensible brain said to me. And I said, ah, sure, we'll get it fixed tomorrow. Ah, sure, we can. Ah, sure, it's fine. So at some point after the show or at the end of the show, my watch came off. <clears throat> and I didn't realize because it's a light watch. So I lost my watch. So that's nice. Then I was out and about. Went to a few spots. Then I was heading home. And I called an Uber. And it was packed. Outside the place. On Sunset. And. Um, black Uber pulled up. And I was waiting for a black car. And. The dude was like. For a mark. And I was like. Yes indeed. And I got into the back seat. 
and I was wearing tight pants and I had my phone in my pocket and I was putting some money in my wallet and I had this charger in my hand so I had everything out of my pants for some unknown reason and uh, just on my phone texting not really paying attention just sussing out where people were and next minute I realised I was like where are we going but then I was like oh I must have called a pool an Uber pool so we're driving and I'm just like I'm like to the driver I was like is this an Uber pool and I didn't realise that he didn't really speak English and he was just like yep I was like alright cool just driving and then I realized I was like wait we're m- this is not the way to go no matter what and I checked my phone and I'm like oh wait my Uber my Uber cancelled because I was a no show and then I was trying to talk to the dude and I was like hey man is this for Mark and he was like yeah and I was like where are we going and he was like address and he couldn't speak English or couldn't understand me and I was just like, here, this is the wrong car. I got in the wrong car. And he wouldn't stop. And I was like, here, man, you got to stop. He's like, no. And I was like, you have to. St- it's not mine. And then I was like in an argument with him. And then eventually he pulls in and he's like, he gets out. And then I was like, I was like, here, man, it's not. This isn't my car. And he's like, well, where is? And I was like, I don't know. And I get out and he gets back in and drives away. We're at gas station and then I realized oh no me phone and me wallet were in the back seat when I was asking him to pull over I put them down without thinking I thought they were in my pocket so now I'm in the middle of nowhere and my phone is gone my wallet's gone and I am fucked and I don't know what to do but I figure out where I am and for some reason, I had, like, some spare cash in my pockets. I say that's weird because usually it's my wallet, but thankfully it wasn't. And then I walked for maybe an hour. And I walked at night. Walked and walked and walked until I knew a place where a bus would take me back over the hill. And I waited 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 till it became bright. Because there was no way I was walking over that hill. And then I got a bus over the hill and I walked home. And oh boy, over the weekend, did I hate myself. Yes is the answer. I hated myself with a passion. With a passion. But you know, even my buddies at this point are like, ah, stop. We can't hear another Uber story. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Ah, deary me, people. Deary me. Telling, retelling that story is more annoying than spending five hours at the DMV. But, you know, got the phone sorted. Shout out, buddy. Hook me up with the phone. I got a new wallet. Got the IDs around the way. Ordering a watch. Just replace it all and black out the bad stuff. That's what we do, people. That's what we do. You replace everything. Replace the good and black out the bad. That's how you survive in life. There's no way that you can disagree with that. That's how you survive. If that's not what you're doing, then you're doing it wrong. Just like a girl. Literally, I got an invite to a girl. She sent me four invites to her four separate birthday parties. That's now four excuses I have to come up with. That is a lot of excuses. That is maybe too many excuses. I'm just going to pretend to lose my phone maybe I don't know why are you having four that's a lot that's a lot especially when I'm doing soberish Octoberish oh I won't be going to any birthday parties that I don't have to I was, I was like people were asking me oh how's sober October going it's actually unreal because that's Sunday or Monday Whatever day that I usually have some hangover, I was working out and I was running. And myself and two buddies, Mike and Chris, we were in this group chat. And we're always trying to outdo each other at the gym. So we're trying to see who can go the fat or the furthest in 30 minutes. So 30 minutes on the treadmill. And for some reason, I had a good one one day and it was like 3.4. And then Mike almost got the same. And then Chris got close to it. Oh no, Mike did get the same. 
But then Monday, because I wasn't hung over, my brain was fresh. It was like, you can beat this. And oh, I beat it. I got something like 3.62. Maybe 3.63, I got to check. Anyway, I was goosed after it. My brain was still fine, but my body was like, what's going on? What's happening here? My legs were screaming. But that's over October, I suppose. I've been drinking some out of tea, too. That's what we do in Ireland. We don't booze all the time. You drink a lot of tea. Sunday, I drank about 14 cups of tea. And then I went and watched Inside Out. And once again, it almost made me cry. If you haven't seen Inside Out, go watch it by Pixar. Poor Bing Bong. I'll say no more. I'll say no more, but what? That's a movie. That's why I want to go see Littlefoot. I might have to go on my own just in case I cry. Bing Bong always makes me cry almost. Didn't. Almost, but it didn't. Almost, but it didn't. But I wonder if um, Littlefoot might. You never know. You never... I presume it's unreal. Every Pixar movie is unreal. Inside Out is definitely my favorite, though. All right, that's it. People were just rambling at this point. Sure, that's the name of the game. Oh, there was a dude at the DMV, actually. I'll leave it with this. I was like, I think I know that dude from somewhere. And I was apartment hunting him one time in L.A. Some guy was, like, showing me this place up in the hills. It was unreal. Unreal. I was going to haggle him down the price a good bit, but it was still unreal. Um, Like, too nice. But the view was savage. And I was just like... um, Oh, this place is unreal. And while he was talking to me, he just started coughing up blood. I think he was on heroin or meth. And I was like, you okay? And he was like literally gargling blood. He was like, oh, Lord, I must have eaten weird berries. And I was like, oh, he's off his head. But the place was so nice. I was like, oh, let's hang in there. Look at this view. Look at this view. And then I didn't leave again till it happened the second time. And he was like, it's the head, rotten berries. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that rotten berries make your mouth bleed. That makes sense. Good work. Anyway, I think I saw him at the DMV. So if he's listening, I hope you're well. Stay away from the berries. That's about it, folks. Go forth. Read a good book this week. Go read mine. Random, random, or pre-dumb. Check them out on Amazon. Check out my web series on uh, YouTube. Random, The Adventures of an Irish Guy in L.A. Hit me up on Twitter. At Trickadoo. On Instagram. At The Marquez. Snapchat at Trickadoo. I only use it Friday nights because Snapchat make me filters for my show. Look at me. The only Irishman to ever have a Snapchat filter. In your face, McGregor. In your face, Habib. I am the bear wrestler. All right. Till next time. Go on, Joe. 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 Go on, Joe.